Okay, good morning, good chodesh. Today's daf is daf pei, hey? Today's shir is Le'ilu Nishmahat Yitzchak ben Yechezkel, Rus bas Yokutiel HaKoyin, Shulamit bas ben Sion Mordechai, and Esther bas Yishayahu Leib. May they all have, may the neshomas have an aliyah, and may the memory be a blessing. It's also for a full shame of Chayachayka bas Boba Michle, and Yitzchak Yehuda ben Miriam. May they have a complete and speedy recovery. Okay, so yesterday we got up to Gufa. It's about two-thirds of the way down. The last word of the line is Gufa. So the Gomorrah, um, it's, Gufa always means we're going to analyze something that we mentioned earlier. So, we, so it's, a, it's a new discussion. It's something that was brought up by the way. But the point that we're going to analyze is, let's see, Omar Rav Yehuda, Omar Rav, Lo huzuru kashayrusli nasalipsulim. Rav Yehuda says in the name of Rav that kashayrus are not commanded against marrying psulim. What's that referring to? A bas kohen is not forbidden. His hero warned against, I forbidden, to marry someone who would be possible to a kohen. Uh, we know that a kohen has all these extra restrictions. They're not allowed to marry a chalala. They're not allowed to marry a... Um, my mom's gone blank. <laughs> um, but all these people who... Yeah, uh, chalala, uh, zayna, etc. All these people that a regular kohen couldn't marry, that doesn't apply to a bas kohen. That's the, that's the teaching. And now we're going to analyze that. We start off by trying to bring up support for that. So, let's say our Mishnah is a support for him. Because our Mishnah says, Remember one of the cases of someone who is mutar to the husband but forbidden to the Yavam is a Chalal who marries a Kishaira. Now, my love, what does it mean when it says she's a kosher woman? La, my love, kohenes, is it not, and must be referring to a bas kohen. It says, umay kashayra, and then why does it call her kashayra? Kashayra lekuhuna, because she is the most fit to marry a kohen. Now, interesting, we're switching the word kosher. Kosher in, in all these contexts that we've seen and so far means fit. I actually fit. But here we're saying kosher here means most appropriate. Rashi points out the Gomorrah Sochim discusses that if you have a kohen who marries a bas kohen, all things being equal, that is a sudas mitzvah. I, if, again, you have a kohen and he's, obviously if there's someone who's a rasha but a bas kohen, you shouldn't marry her. And obviously if there's, you know, someone who's got wonderful midos and she's a regular Israelist, he should marry her. But all things being equal, they're two wonderful girls. And one's a Bas Kohen and one's a uh, Yisraelis. It's most fit for him to marry the Bas Kohen. So that's what it means, Kashaira. So this woman is kosher to marry a Kohen. She's the most fit person to marry a Kohen. And then what do we, so what do we see? Our Mishnah is discussing a Bas Kohen marrying a Chalal. That's a support for our, that's a proof for our, that's a proof for our, for, Omar, for Rav Yehuda Omar Rav, that a Bas Kohen doesn't have those restrictions. She can marry the people that a Kohen can't. Because again, a Kshayra can marry a Chalal. There's oh, lot Yisraelis. It's referring to Yisraelis. Oh, my Kshayra. And what does it mean when it says she's kosher? It means Kshayra la Kahal. She can marry into the Kahal. Oh, then let's contrast it. Ihachi, the, the conclusion of the phrase is if you have a Chalal that marries a Kshayra, Yesh Ach Kosher, who has a kosher brother. So when we say that his brother is kosher, nami kosher la kahal, you saying that his brother is kosher to marry into the congregation, michlal to who posel la kahal. That implies that this kohen who married her is posel. Again, we're saying this halal married this kashira and has a kosher brother. Must be his posel. So kosher la kahal. 
which doesn't make sense because if he was um yeah, we're three quarters of the way down paid Daladamud Bays. Um, but this can't, it can't be that he's possible a kahal because the Mishnah said he's, she is allowed to be married to her husband. This woman, this Kashaira, who we're saying is a Yisraelis, would not be allowed to marry a possible kahal. So, so that can't be. El Alav Kohen. It must be saying that he's a Kohen. When it says that he's got a kosher brother, it means he's got a brother who's a good Kohen. Umiruhu Kohen, he Kohenes. And therefore, if kosher in that line means that he's a Kohen, it must mean that he's a Kohenes. Okay, so we're back to have a good proof. Our mission says that if you have a Kohen Chalal who marries a Ishik Shaira and he has a brother who is kosher, we're saying that they're Kohanim. So we see that a Kohenes, a Bas Kohen, can marry a Chalal. He says, no, says, no, Midi Ayri, is that a proof? Holkadisa, Holkadisa, each for their own context. When it's discussing the man, the brother, and it says kosher, you're right, it must refer to a kohen. But when it's discussing the isha, the woman, and it says she's kosher, it could be saying she's kosher the kahal. So, okay, so we don't have a good proof for that. And now we actually switch and we challenge him. He says, Mosif, Ravin Manachman, Ravin Manachman, challenge Rav. He says, the pasuk, when it's discussing who a kohen is not allowed to marry, repeats this phrase, they're not allowed to marry, they're not allowed to marry. What's that? That a woman is equally commanded as the man. Right? We think this means that just as a male kohen is not allowed to marry a chalala, a bas kohen would not be allowed to marry a chalal. Just as a male kohen is not allowed to marry a... What's... Um, a, a zona, so to, she would not be allowed to marry. I don't know the male equivalent of a zona if there's such a thing. So Omar Rava, Rava says, "Kol heichad to who muzar he muzeres, but kol heichad to who lo muzar he lo muzeres." No, what it's saying is every time that he has a negative commandment, well, it would also be a negative commandment for her. And wherever she has the negative, does not have, wherever he does not have the negative commandment, she would not have the negative commandment. I.e., where you have a kain and she's a chalala, so there's a negative commandment for him to marry a chalala. Or to be intimate with the chalala. So, so too for her, that chalala is also to be with the kohen. A grusha. Just as a kohen is not allowed to marry a grusha, and he transgresses a negative commandment if he does, well, so too a grusha who marries a kohen transgresses a negative commandment. But nothing about, we're not discussing the bas kohen. Says the Gemara says, Oh, that principle that just as the man is osur, it would also be also for the woman. He says, We have another teaching of Rabbi Hudama Rav that we learn it out from. Rabbi Hudama Rav said, and so too it was taught in the school of Rabbi Yishmol. It says, A man or a woman who do any of these sins. He says, This is a very important passage. He says, the apostle connects a woman to a man for all punishments in the Torah. They actually say for all negative commandments in the Torah, a woman is connected to, the, to a man. So, what, so we already know that if it's also for the man, it's also for the woman. If it's also for a man to marry a group, for a, a Kohen to marry a Grusha, it's also for a Grusha to be married to a Kohen. So we know that. We don't need this loikoch, loikoch to teach that. If I only had that pasuk, I would have said, when do we say that women and men are equal? Women are equal to men. That is where it's a negative commandment that applies to everyone. But maybe where it's a negative commandment that only applies to Kohanim, 
it should uh, it doesn't apply to women maybe there we're more lenient so we so therefore we still need loyikachu loyikachu. Says ah vaharei tuma the large ancient of the time and the cause of rachmana benay our so well let's say vaharei tuma. What about tuma? Now we know a kohen is not allowed to become tome for anyone except seven close relatives tome mates, and but a female kohen a bas kohen is. It says now where do we know that from? So firstly it's a large ancient of It only applies to kohanim. Only kohanim are allowed to become tome. The time and the cause of rachmana. B'nai Aaron. And it's because it says B'nai Aaron, which we learn out for Lo Benos Aaron. Aaron who, Lo Benos Aaron, Holav Hachi Havai Minenoshim Chaivos. I would have thought that if not for this, women are obligated. I just as a Kohen can't become Tomei Mace. So to a Bas Kohen cannot become Tomei Mace, except the Torah comes along and says, now where would I get that from? My time, Allah, Mishum, the Rabbi Uramarav, it is not for the Josh of Rabbi Uramarav. I, the Josh of Rabbi Uramarav, why do I need to, when the Torah comes along and says that he, the Kohen is not allowed to become Tomei, and I need a special Josh to exclude a woman, to say that it's referring only to the male Kohanim. How, why would I assume that? Must be, because when Rabbi Uramarav says a woman is equated to man in all halachas, this is part of all halachas. He says, no, no, it's because we learn from lo I We would have thought that when the Torah says that women are equated to men, it is only by, um, it's only by negative commandments that apply to everyone. I All, all of the nation, not just Kohanim. Comes along the pasuk and says that just as uh, the negative commandment applies to the male kohanim, it applies to the female coin. I just as a male coin cannot marry a grusha, so to a grusha cannot marry a male coin. So we see that it does apply even to these very these negative commandments that only apply to a select few. We still have that principle. So therefore, I would have said, ah, so so to batuma. Just as so to Batuma, just as she becomes Tome, and just as he can't become Tome, she can't become Tome, and therefore I need the puzzle of Benois Aaron. So it's actually because of Loi Kosu that I need that Joshua. It says, Ikid Omri, some have a different version, and arrives at the same one, but it says, Kicha Itrichale. No, that's why we need Kicha. I would have thought, learn from Tuma. I, I would have thought that a woman is not included. Sorry, I would have thought that a woman is included. In the Isur. Then comes along the Pasuk Batome and says it only applies to males. So he said, oh, maybe that's a prototype for the Isurim Bakohanim. And this, and only a Kohen cannot marry the Psulim. But it wouldn't be allowed for the Psulim to be married to a Kohen. Therefore it says, Lohikahu, to teach us that it also applies to the woman. Why Salk lets you see that inside Salkadatahamina Ligmomi Tuma, I would have thought, learn from Tuma that it's only applicable to the Kohanim Kamashmala, and it comes to teach that it's applicable applicable also to the woman. So where are we holding at the moment? We want to do challenge Rab and say that by the fact that there's a special drosha to include women to men, to equate women to men, that's equating the Bas Kohen to the to the regular Kohen, just as a Kohen Khomeri a Khalala said, no, that's not what it's saying. It's saying that just as the, in, in the, the forbidden union of, let's say, a kohen to a chalola or a kohen to a grusha, 
just as in that it's a negative commandment for the man, it's also a negative commandment for the woman. And then we had a discussion why we need a specific source. Don't we always equate men and women when it comes to negative commandments? But that was this last point. Okay. Rav Papa Verav Huna Rav Yeshua Iklu went to its the place of and the people there asked them, are the Bas Kohanim forbidden to marry the Psulim? Do they have the same Isurim as who a coin can't marry, can't marry? Says or not. So Papa Papa says, Well look at the following Brisa. Says Asara I think it's actually a Mishnah, Asara Yufsin Babel. There are ten classes of lineage that went up from Babel. This is in the time of Ezra. It says, Kohanim, Nevi'im, Yisraelim. Those, you know, Chalolim, those are Chalals. Geirim, converts, Vacharurim, freed slaves. Mamzerim, Munasinim, Mamzerim, we've seen a few times. Shtuki, uh, Shtuki, and Asufi, uh, an abandoned child that's brought in. Those are Sophic Mamzers. So, so, so those are the ten classes. Now it, now it lumps them together. Who can marry? Who's allowed to marry who? Kohanim levim Yisraelim mutarim Kohanim levim Yisrael can marry with each other. Levim Yisraelim chalalim garim charurim mutarim Levim Yisraelim chalals converts and freed slaves are allowed to marry each other. Gairei charurei mamzerim nesine shtuki vasufi converts freed slaves mamzerim nesine shtukis and asufis. Or mutarim allowed to marry each other. So these are who's allowed to marry who in the, amongst the Jewish class, the lineage classes of lineage. It doesn't teach us that a halal, a kohenes is allowed to marry a halal. All we said in the Kohen, the only people the Kohenim were allowed to marry was Kohenim Levim Yisrael, and that was their only group. And it doesn't say when it teaches halalim, it doesn't say that a halal, a halala is allowed that a that a Bas Kohen is allowed to marry a halal. Must be. She's not allowed to. It says, no. Amalei Rafuna Braid Rav Yeshua. Kol Hecha Dahani Nasfi Mehani Vahani Nasfi Mehani Katani. No. That price is only teaching where these men could marry those women and those women could marry these men. I wear a Kohen could marry Israel and Israel could marry a Kohen. It says, but since a coin can't marry a chalala, it's not going to teach it. The price is only going to teach where it works both ways, the marriage. The kohen can marry the Yisrael, and Yisrael could marry the kohen. Uh, Yisrael could marry a ger, a giyores, a, a ger could marry a Yisraelis. That's, those are the ones. But for example, a halal where we say only a kohen, only a kohenes could marry a halal. But a Kohen could not marry a Chalala. That's not going to teach that case. So it's no proof that Mishnah. So then they weren't sure. So Asul Kaimid Ravidi Baravin, they came before Ravidi Baravin and Omalahu. And they asked, they raised the discussion that they just had before him. It says, Omalahu Dardaku. said, Youngsters, Hachi Omar Rav Yehuda Omar Rav. This is what Rav Yehuda said in the name of Rav. Lo Hosuru Kesheresli Nasele Psulim. We have a tradition that there's no Isur for the Kesheris of Bas Yisrael to marry a Psulim. Ah, so Bas Yisrael could marry a Halal, there would be no Isur. Interesting enough, if she does marry a Halal, then she becomes forbidden to marry other Kohanim, because that's a, someone who has beer with a Halal, either becomes a Halal or a Zona. It's a discussion in Yisraelim. Okay, now we're going to the next line of the mission. It says, Shniyos Midibrei Sofrim. Secondary Arayos, um, which are only Midirabon. And remember we said, for example, a grand, there are certain arise that are only Midrabonan. So he says, Bo mine bene birim rav sheshes. 
The people of Biri asked Rav Sheshes, Shnir Lebal, Velo Shnir Liyavam. Yesh Lo Ksubam Yavam, Allah. If she's a Shnir to her husband, but she's not a Shnir Liyavam, does she get a new Ksuba from the Yavam or not? Just before we elaborate on the question in the Gemara, remember, a man is not, a, just for example, a grandmother. So you have a husband who has two wives, and they each have a son. Now his one son goes against the Shnir and marries his grandmother. But if he dies without children, she'll fall to the other brother, who she's mutar to. Now, as we saw in the Mishnah, a Shnir does not get her ksuba. She has no claim on her ksuba. Um, so, so the question is, she doesn't have a ksuba from her first husband, who she was a Shnir to. Does she get a new ksuba? Does she have rights to a ksuba from the Yovam? Says and he explains the Gemara elaborates. Kibain to Amamar Ksuba Al Nichsei Bala Rishon Leisle. Do we say since we learned in a Mishnah that the Ksuba is collected from a first husband? I if a if a Yavam if a if a woman does Yibum and then let's say her second husband her new husband the brother of her late husband also dies or divorces her, she collects her Ksuba but from the assets of her first husband's property. So maybe she does not. Or maybe since there are certain times when, if she does not have a suba from the Rishon, they would institute, the rabbis would make the second one right one. Here they would make her second husband right one. So almost, so what's, so again, this one, she was illegally married to her first husband. She was a Shniah. And now she falls in Yubum to his brother, who she's allowed to remain married to. Does she get a new suba from him? She doesn't have one. Says Omar Lahu Rav Sheshes Tinitua Rav Sheshes says, um, yeah. And remember, the whole motivation of a ksuba is to discourage uh, divorce. If he if there's no ksuba, then it's just easy for him to divorce her. He just rocks up, writes again, and gives it to her. But if there's a ksuba, now it's an expensive and a whole process and a mission, so he's not going to be as likely to divorce her. So Omar, Luhu Rav Sheshes, Rav Sheshes said, Tunitua, we learned it. Subasa al-Nirsay Bala Rishon, the ksuba is from the first husband's property. Ve'im hoiso shniya lebal, afilim yavam, einlo. And if she was a shniya to her first husband, then she doesn't even get a ksuba from the yavam. Oh, michlal de'ika de'isleim yavam. The way you phrased it implies that there are times when she will get the ksuba from the yavam. So the Gemara answers, no, chasurim mekser v'achitani. It's missing a piece and this is how it should be taught. Ksubasa al-nirsay bala rishon. The ksuba is from the, she collects her ksuba from the assets of her first husband. If there's nowhere for her to collect from her first husband, she would get a new ksuba from the second, from her yavam. Why? Again, so let's say her husband was destitute. He didn't leave over any property when he died. So now she doesn't have a ksuba, she doesn't have anything to collect. So Chazal will make this, the yavam, her new husband, Write a new ksuba. However, if she was a shnir, a secondary araya to her first husband, then she doesn't even get one from her second one. Okay, so that's the halacha regarding a shnir and her ksuba, even where she's fit and a kosher wife to her yovam, she doesn't get a ksuba. And I guess that's also to put uh, alarm bells in her mind when she wants to go through the marriage and they are and she wants to she's the one who draw my ksuba and there's no ksuba 
She's like, uh, you know, I love this guy so much, I'll take the chance. But if you know, like, even if he dies and you end up doing evil, whatever, there's still no super. Maybe it will, I'm, I'm assuming, I'm guessing this is the reason, it will consolidate, uh, like, solidify in her this, the, that's how bad it is and she shouldn't. Okay, now a new question. If you have an almana married to a kohen gadol, or you have a grush of a chalutza married to a regular kohen, does she get to have mezoinus or not? Mezoinus is sustenance. So one of the clauses in the ksuba is the husband will support his wife. But here, maybe it's a negative commandment. The Kohen God is not allowed to remain married to the Salmona. The Kohen Hejot is not allowed to marry the Grusha or Chalutza. So maybe they don't get Mizona. So the Gemara asks, If What's the case exactly? When are you asked, what case, what scenario are you asking this question in? If you want to say it's where they're living together, we at a status where we tell him get up and divorce her and now we're going to say support her I, we want them to get divorced we want to cause as much trouble in this marriage as possible and therefore obviously we're not going to su- uh, insist on him supporting her and if it causes fights and arguments all the better so there must be the cases where he's gone overseas the loss of and she's borrowed and eating money. What's the halacha now? Is this a or a So it's either a coin coddle who's married to an almana or a regular coin married to a grush or chalutza. It's the same question. Yeah. It's a negative commandment. So obviously when she's living with him and she goes and she says, you know, I need some money to get groceries. And he says, no. And she's like, well, what about Maksuba? Chazal are never going to, base is never going to insist on him supporting her because we want to create strife in that marriage. We want them to get divorced. It's like transgressing a negative commandment. But here, the case is he's gone overseas. And she borrowed money, which in a normal marriage, if the husband goes overseas and she needs money for groceries, she borrows the money. And when the creditor comes to collect it, she claims that the husband has to pay the loan back. But here, what would you say? So the Gemara answers, Says no. Says so, and there are two ways of looking at it. Do we say since Mazoinas are a condition in the Ksuba and she still has a Ksuba? A woman who's married to a negative commandment has a Ksuba. If they get divorced or the husband dies, then she gets paid out of her she gets paid out the Ksuba. Or perhaps since the whole reason we keep her Ksuba is to almost make it worth her while to get divorced. Oh, you got a ksuba, get divorced, you'll get paid out and you'll be able to marry someone else. But here, that's all because it will get divorced. But mezoine, sustenance, this right to be supported by her husband, well, that will make her stay longer with her husband. She's like, no, if I get divorced, I'm not going to have anyone, I'm not going to have a fridge to open with food. So why would I do that? So maybe... She will not. Um, so, so we don't give her food, so that she. We don't insist he supports her, so that they get divorced quicker. 
So so he answered the question, he says, yeah, she does not get sustenance. She can't insist on being supported. Again, in a normal marriage, if the husband stops providing money for his wife to get groceries, she'll go to Beijing and they'll insist based on the Ksuba, they'll force him to support her and provide money for, for what she needs. However, in this case, when she goes to Beijing and says, you know, my husband's not providing me food, um, they'll be like, well, we're, we're okay with that. Get divorced. <laughs> so, that, so that's it. So, so he says, but wait, there's a price that says that she does get sustenance. No, that's if the husband died. I, there's two aspects of Mazonas in the Ksuba. There's Mazonas while she's alive, while they're married together, the husband has an obligation to support his wife. And there's a second obligation that if, in the case of death, the husband's estate will support the wife. So there, so yeah, if you had an Amana married to a Kain Goral or a Grishma Khaluta married to a Kain Hedjot, what this aspect of while they're alive, we don't insist he supports it because we we're more than too happy for them to get upset with each other and get divorced. However, if the husband died, this Kain Goral died before he gave her, before he divorced her, so now she's entitled to sustenance on her ksuba, we let her have that. She has a ksuba, and, that, and he's de- dead. So there's no more issue. There's no m- more reason to break it, break it up. It says, Is the Omar, or Ike the Omri, there's a slightly different version. Omar lay, Tanya Yeshla. He said, well, you know what? There's a price that says that she can have the, in, in answer to the question, can this Grusha, this Amona, the Kongodol, get Mazonos? He says, well, the price says she does get. He says, oh, I mean, why is it? He says, how can you say that she gets her sustenance? We want them to get divorced. He says, no, Ella... The Elohot Tanya Yeshlo, oh, but the Brisa said that she gets her sustenance. No, when that Brisa was taught, it was after Misa. So, either way, very clearly, while they're married, she cannot insist on sustenance. And Bayesian won't make him pay it. And we're all more than too happy for them to get divorced. However, they actually want to almost encourage it and motivate it. He says um, Bayesian force them to get divorced, whatever, however they're allowed to force, but this would be a good way. This would be a first step in the, in the process. When they come to you with the monetary dispute, uh, don't resolve it for them. Um, but if he dies, well then she has to she has right to Mazonis. There's no, we have no further concern with her getting that Mazonis. Okay, Tonura Bonan, we learned in uh, Brysa. Now this discussion is going to take us to the rest of the page, but it's basically, it was an issue that we touched on in the Mishnah. We said that where it's an Isidor Isa, she still has her Ksuban and Nifzets on Barzal and all these rights. I and I'm on a Turkoin Godel, for example. But where it's an Isidor Rabbonin, like Shnia, one of the other Isidor Rabbonin, then we go much stricter. She has no Ksuba, she has no rights of claiming Nifzets on Basel back from her husband, etc. All these uh, issues. So that's what we're going to address now. He says, Tonra we learned about If you have a widow who married a Kohen Godel or a divorced woman or a Chalutza who married a Kohen Hedjot, Yeishlok Suba, Cyrus, Mazonis, Belaz, she has rights to collect her Ksuba, the Peiros. Again, if the husband ate from her Ksuba, Eight from the Nilsei Malugi legally, he has to pay her back for the amount. Where it will all be, it will mostly be illegal because, yeah, okay, where she ate illegally, um, he'll, he'll have to pay her back. He has to sustain her and belas her worn out clothes, she gets back. They were brought in in Son Basel, she gets back. She becomes possible to marry Kohanim, and her children are also possible. 
Remember, they become halalim. And we try to force them to get divorced. We force him to divorce her. So that's regarding our monolokai godal, etc. Shneos mitivrei seifrim, the secretary writes, which are only drabonin, ein loksuba, lo peros, lo mazonis, veloblos. She doesn't get to collect her ksuba, we'll see, we'll see in the Gemara. Ein loksuba, lo peros, velomazonis. She doesn't get to collect her ksuba, the peros that he ate illegally, she can't claim back. She doesn't get sustenance, and she doesn't veloblos, the worn out clothes. So it's behik shayra, she remains kosher to marry kind of a vladok shayra. And her children remain kosher, but kofi no salahot temi also, in this case, Forced divorce. So Amma Rabbi Shimon ben Elazar, Rabbi Shimon ben Elazar says, "Mipnei ma Amru almana lokai gadol yech lokzuba, mipnei shehu pasul vehipzula, vekomakom shehu pasul hipzula vehipzula." We'll see. I'll come there and see it over the page. Um, Rabbi Shimon ben Elazar says, "Why do we say that almana still gets lokzuba? Because she become because." Firstly, he is possible, as long as Rashi points out, interesting, as long as the Kohen is married to these women who are forbidden to him, he is possible to serve in the temple until he divorces her. So he is possible. And she is Psula. She becomes forbidden to marry any Kohen in the future. Does he still get his kutchim and everything, even though that's... Um, it seems we treat him as, we treat him as a non-Kohen. I don't know whether that's... Uh, Does that apply today? The Kohen that marries a Grusha for a can? Is it come on, Duchen while he's married to her? If he yes. divorces her, can he Duchen again? Yes, I think so. I, I, don't, I, I, I mean, I don't know in practice, but that seems... that From, from here, that's the halacha, and a lot of this is referenced in Orachim, which would be discussing... Okay. Uh, um, um, sorry, just to clarify this. So he is possible as a Kohen, as long as he's married to this woman who's forbidden to him. And yeah, I think it applies to all halachas regarding a Kohen. He can't serve in the base of Migdash. He wouldn't be allowed to duchen. Again, I say I'm not exactly sure in practice how to do it. But again, if he divorces her or she dies, then he would re- reinstate it. And she actually brings from the Gomorrah in, uh, in Bechorah that it says, Achi yidur hano. She, he takes a neder that he won't get benefit. So he, so, so he is possible. She is psula. She becomes forbidden to marry Kohanim. And we say any time that he is possible and she is possible, Konsa Oisuksuba, they penalize him that he still has to pay the Ksuba. <laughs> it's a way of saying that, yeah, no, but she still has to pay the Ksuba. Um, as we said, the motivation to make him pay the Ksuba is not. Uh, is not is not a problem because it will actually encourage the divorce. Um, the uh, yeah, the, they're going to want to. We'll clarify this as we go through Surya, but they're going to want to get divorced. Now he's possible, so he has lost all his rights, he's lost his status in the community, whatever. So he's upset with her. She's upset with him because he's invalidated to other kohanim, and we're going to add on also affects their children. So there's a lot of strife in that marriage. So we want the ksuba because then he'll just divorce her and she'll get the money and she'll, she'll, and she'll, she'll try to push to get this marriage broken down. So make it more, make, encourage her to, to break it down and to push the, to divorce by telling her that she will get her ksuba. 
says, Oh, we play my Omru Shneus, we did write Sophie and Ainam Tuba. Oh, but then why did we say by the Shneus that she does not get a Tuba? We made sure who kosher for Hikshara. He remains a kosher coin, and she remains kosher to marry anyone. But call Mokom Shahu kosher for Hikshara, consul Isaac Tuba. And any time that he is kosher and she is kosher, we um, penalize her to not get a Tuba, again to motivate divorce. Did they marry someone who's that old lad or what? No, she married a Shnia, someone no. who's rabbinically forbidden yeah. to her. Why should we so, motivate them to get divorced? Because she's married to someone that's, uh, that's also a Shnia. Why should we be more stricter in the case of a Rishon? No, because in the Rishon there's they both possible, so there's already the friction in the marriage. Oh, okay. He's lost his status, so it's anyway going to deteriorate and lead to divorce, and the Ksuba will actually help her push for divorce because she will, because um, she'll get paid out her Ksuba. But in the case of uh, Kosher, it's not much motivating her to get divorced, except if we say, you know, you're not getting, we're not going to help your husband, insist on your husband supporting you or anything like that. Okay, Rebbe Omer, Halu Divrei Torah, Vidivrei, so again, um, so Rebbe seems to give a different reason. He says, no, Halu Divrei Torah, Vidivrei Torah, again, the question of, why, again, the question is, why does, by the Doraisa cases, does she still get her tzuba? And in the Drabonin cases, she does not get her tzuba. So that what, so far, what the first answer is, is that, it's because anyway the marriage is going to break down. They're both possible. Whereas where they're both kosher, then we need to um, put some friction in the, in the marriage. There's Rebbe friction and resentment. Rebbe Oibar, halu divrei Torah, v'divrei Torah, v'divrei Torah, v'halu divrei Torah, v'divrei Torah, v'divrei Torah, No, these are Yisurei Doraisa. I'm on a Torah, Kohen Godol, etc. Doraisa, which people take more seriously. So what, adding uh, rabbinic penalties is not going to really do anything. But, divrei Torah, the Shniyos, are only Midrabonin, which do require encouragement and uh, support. So they have to support and show how severe it is by banning, by Banning her from getting a ksuba. Dovar achar, another explanation. Zu margilo, vazu hu, he margiloso. No, in the case of a psula, it is he who motivates the marriage. He's the one who encourages. He must be the one who's uh, getting her to remain married. But in the case of the shnia, it must, it's most likely her keeping the marriage going, encouraging and Pushing the marriage. That's Margila would be almost who's the one you often know who's the one um, keeping the marriage together? Who's the one who pushed through this marriage? Who was the who was the more affectionate one that went out of their way to keep the marriage? So in the case of no so so why? So by the case of Amona to a coin gorilla and Grusha Vachalutala coin hedgeot, she becomes possible and her children become possible. So there's very little reason that she would be pushing for such a marriage. We assume that it's the husband who's pushing the marriage. Okay. However, in the case of a shnia, where everyone remains kosher, he's kosher, she's kosher, the children are kosher, then it's more likely her because we have a principle that a woman, it's woman value being married more than men value being married. So all things being equal in a relationship, we're going to assume it's the wife being Margila. So again, so what's this? Nafkamina, by the Isurei Dorai, so where there's so much psulim, it's his, he must be the one motivating the marriage because she's, she's unlikely to, okay, we can almost say, especially where it affects her children. A woman, something that affects her children and makes them possible or whatever, she's, very, she's much less likely to be. So it must be him who's uh, encouraging this marriage and therefore we penalize him with the ksuba. Whereas, where it's the shnir and they all remain kosher, we can assume that it's her motivating the marriage and therefore... 
Um, um, and therefore we penalize her and take her away and she doesn't get her ksuba. Dover Acher, another man Tanilo, who taught the Dover Acher? So Ika Dover, Rabbi Shimon ben Elazar Tanilo. Some say it's Rabbi Shimon ben Elazar. Matam Kamar, and he's actually giving the reason. Matam Amruhu, Possible Hipsula, Consul Isuksuba. Why do they say when he is possible and she is invalid that they penalize her with Uksuba? Margila, because he is the one motivating it. Umatam. And why? What is the reason that if he remains kosher and she remains kosher, that they penalize her with the ksuba? Because she's the one who pushes it. And Ikata Amri, Rebbe Katanilo. And some say it's actually Rebbe giving another reason. Oh, why does Rebbe need another reason? Didn't he say that the Orisa does not need chizuk and the Rabbonin does need chizuk? So he says, no, to Amar Rebbe Tanilo, because Chalitza is difficult to him. A Chalitza to marry a coin is only a Isudra Bonan. And that was, caused in the, that was taught in the case where she keeps her Ksuba. So that doesn't fit in with his rules. It says, like Ksuba. She still gets her Ksuba. It says, Hadar Omar. Therefore, he says, Kivan the Apostle Law, Midra Bonan, Zehu Margilo, Vazu, He Margilo. So he says, oh, no, since it invalidates her. Uh, some adding from Truma Midrabonon, I Chalitza does doing Chalitza to a co- with a, a Kohen marrying a Chalitza, a woman who had Chalitza done to her, invalidates her from eating Truma Midrabonon, and therefore it will motivate, it must be him motivating the marriage, encouraging the marriage, but in the case of the Shnia, it must be her motivating the marriage. Okay, but either way, it seems we have two. Uh, Two main ways of learning that the, the next piece is going to go on up until the Mishnah will try to get there is, is, is trying to work out. Okay, if we go with this reason that one is because it's the Orisa and therefore it does not require encouragement, therefore they keep the Ksuba, and one is Midrabonan and therefore they have, the rabbis had to show, um, guess, uh, push you to take it seriously so they add the severity of you lose your uh, they she doesn't get a Ksuba. Comes a lot, and then the other reason of Rabbi Shimon ben Elazar that no, it's because in a case where they both possible, it must be him motivating the marriage, so we still have the ksuba, we penalize him to have the ksuba. And in the case where they both kosher, there's no reason for her not to want to be in this marriage, we assume it's her encouraging the marriage, and therefore she loses her ksuba. So now we say, so the Gemara asks, my Ika ben. What's an afkamino between which is the reason? Whether it's Torais or whether it's because of who motivates the marriage. So Amar Rav Chizda Mamzeres Venisin Ali Yisrael Ike Beneu. Rav Chizda says that Mamzeres or an Asin married to Yisrael is the difference. Man to Amar to Oraisa Honami to Oraisa. According to the opinion who says, well it depends on if it's Torais or well this is Doraisa. I she should keep her Ksuba because Doraisa we don't need to um, according to the opinion that it's because he has to pay the ksuba because he's motivating it here she is going to be the one to motivate him and Rashi explains because she's a mamzeris so her children whoever she marries are going to be psulim but if she marries this Israel this regular Israel firstly her children at least have a connection to a good father so they have a better name they're not pure mamzerim, they have a better name. And not only that, there's a way for mamzerim to purify themselves. We touched on this earlier. There's a case for a mamzer to marry a shivcha and then their children are valid. 
don't want to go back in, but that's take that for granted. Um, so therefore, who's in this marriage of a mamzeres to a Yisrael, who's going to be the one encouraging the marriage? Most likely her. And therefore, we take away her ksuba. So it's again, so if you hold the reason is, is it Doraisa or Durabon and doesn't need Chizuk? Well, it's Doraisa, so it doesn't need Chizuk, so she keeps her Ksuba. But according to the other opinion that it depends on who's going to be the one encouraging the marriage, well, it must be coming from her side, so therefore she loses her Ksuba. She says, oh, oh, but according to Rebelezer, who says, there's no way to purify a Mamzer. If a Mamzer marries a Shifcha, which according to the first opinion, would pu- Rebbe Tarfun would purify the mamzer. Here, she becomes not only she, it becomes an Eben Adam mamzer. It's a double problem. So she says, She's definitely not going to push for that marriage. It's just, uh, there's no... Um, um, she would just cause his descendants to be Mamzarim, etc. So she's not going to um, motivate um, such a marriage. Um, and therefore, so therefore there would be no difference in that case. Again, a Mamzerish to a sin according to Rebbe Eliezer. Whether you learn it's because of Doraiso, whether you learn it's because of Margila, she doesn't, um, she gets her ksuba. So Elo Omar of Yosef. So Rabbi Yosef wants to give another possibility of the Nafkamina. The difference is someone who remarries the woman he divorced after she'd been married in the middle. It says, It's a for them to be married together. It says a man's not allowed to remarry the woman he divorced if she was married in the interim. But and if it's according to the opinion that it's because the reason he has to pay the ksuba is because he's the one encouraging the marriage. Here it must be, she must be the one who's encouraging the marriage. Oh, but according to Rabbi Akiva, who says that you get a mamzer from a chai she would definitely not be motivating this marriage. So again, what could be the difference between whether you learn the reason is because of, is it a word of Torah that needs strengthening, or is it because of encouraging the marriage? So El Omar Rapapa says... The difference is a ba'ula, a non-virgin who marries a kohen gadol. Why? Man to Amar Dor opinion who says she loses her ksuba, she keeps her ksuba if it's also Doraisa or nami. Doraisa, this is also Doraisa. so she keeps her ksuba. The husband will have to pay out the ksuba. Oh, man to Amar Mibnei Shehu Margila, and according to the opinion who says the reason is it depends is he motivating the marriage. I, he still has to pay the ksuba when he's the one encouraging the marriage. Oh, he margilalai. Here it must be her. She must be the one motivating the marriage. Why would she motivate the marriage in this case? Again, the children are not mamzerim. Women like to be married. And the children are also not chalolim, according to this opinion. So there's no reason for her to want to opt out of this marriage. So therefore, we... Say we would say no tzuba, so that they get to push her to push her apart this marriage. The Rebbe Eliezer ben Yaakov, the Amar Yish Chalal Michayve Asay. Oh, but what about what about according to Rebbe Eliezer ben Yaakov that there is a Chalal Michayve Asay? I holo Margila Margila Levelamidi. She's definitely not going to push to have such a marriage. I again, what are we saying? We're trying to find the difference between a case where 
he loses the ksuba and doesn't lose the ksuba. Now, is a bu'ula l'kain gadol, according to Rebbe bin Yaakov, a case where there would be a difference? No, because firstly, it's an isudoraisa, so according to that version, there would be a ksuba. And she's definitely not going to be the one to push for a marriage, because again, the woman's never going to be encouraging the marriage where her children are going to end up possible. So according to Rebbe bin Yaakov, who the children from this positive, this negative commandment learned out this positive commandment of he must only marry a virgin and not a bu'ula would also agree that she gets a ksuba because it must be from the husband so that can't be the difference so Elam Ravashi Ravashi says second last suggestion the difference is if someone uh, reunites with his sofek soita again this is a sofek soita it's a case where a man um, warns his wife not to go into seclusion with another man and then she does go into seclusion with another man he's not allowed to be intimate with her until she's been checked by the water remember the special water in the base of Midash the, what's it the Mesa so that's the difference. It says, why mind the Omadoraisa or Namidoraisa? According to the opinion that it's Doraisa, well, it's also Doraisa for the husband to be with his wife who he's warned and has to wait for the waters for her to drink the water. And according to the opinion that says, the reason he has to pay Uksub in such cases is because he's the one who encourages the marriage. Well, in this case, it's most likely her who encourages the marriage. Um, um, why? Because she, she's, uh, it seems she's happy to drink because then she won't be possible to Kohanim. Again, if she's committed adultery, as we'll see in the next case, then she is possible. So she's happy to drink, she's happy to remain in this marriage, and therefore it would be her motivating it. So maybe we should make her lose. So according to that version, we would make her lose her ksuba. So that would be, again, what's the reason behind the case? Again, in the mission, we had the Doraisa the case of, of Alman and Lukain Gorol, and we had the Darabonah case of Shniya, and we said in the case of the, of, in the, case of the Alman and Lukain Gorol, there is a Ksuba, and in the case of a Shniya, there is no Ksuba. And we got two reasons. One is because, oh, well, when it's Doraisa, we don't need Chizuk, so we make him pay the Ksuba. When it's, and when it's Darabonah, well, then we need to strengthen, show how severe it is, so we say she loses her Ksuba. So according to this, well, it's Doraisa. So she would lose Hoksuba. So sorry, she would get to keep Hoksuba. Oh, but according to there's another opinion. It says, no. Why in the case of Amonolokai and Koro? Because most likely he's the one pushing the marriage. So we're not going to let him off money. We're going to make him pay the Ksuba. Whereas, um, if it's where she's the one who would be encouraging the marriage, I, where the children are not possible, where the descendants are fine and she's fine, etc., then we would assume that she's the one who's pushing the marriage. So therefore, she would not get her ksuba. So she would, um, so she would be the one pushing to remain married again with her husband if she's a sofek soita, because then otherwise she'll be possible lakuna. So according to Rebbe Masyamin Chorosh, that even if they're on the way to Jerusalem to drink, to drink the water, to go through the Soita process, um, and he has relations with her, she becomes a Zoyna, and she becomes forbidden to Kohanim. Uh, so anyway, she is going to become possible. She's not going to motivate this. So it will, again, it will be, must be from the husband, and you would, and therefore she could keep her ksuba if it's from the husband. So therefore it would be the same whether you learned Dorais or whether you learned Margala. 
So he says, Ola, Ela, Oma, Mabarabashi, rather Mabarashi gives another answer. It says, Soita Vadai, Kabenehu. The Nafkamina is a Soita Vadai. Is she, if she's no longer subject, she's no longer subject to any Tulim. She's possible. She's committed adultery, so she's not allowed to marry a Kohe, etc. And, um, yeah, so therefore, it's an Otsudoraisa, so maybe she should keep her Ksuba. On the other hand, it would be. Sorry, um, it's also Doraisa, so she should keep her ksuba. On the other hand, it's, most, it's her who must be motivating this marriage, so she should lose her ksuba. So that would be enough, Gamina. In when, which reason? What's the reason that we made the distinction between our monolokai godal and a shnia of whether she gets the ksuba or not? If it's because of Doraisa, well then a sophic sota is the isu Doraisa, so she should keep her ksuba. There's no reason to. It's already also Doraisa, it doesn't need Chizuk. But if you say the reason is because of who's encouraging the marriage, well, in this case, even it would be her encouraging the marriage. She has nothing to lose to remain in such a marriage. So, and we say that where all things being evil, we assume it's the woman who wants to be married more than the man. So therefore, it would be her, so she would, um, so she would lose her ksuba. Um, yeah, and that would be the Nafkamina. Have a very good day and a very good Chodesh.